Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. All right, why don't you all welcome up Jesse as he gives us the word this morning. Thanks, Lisa. Morning. How are we doing? Everybody enjoying the presence of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father? Huh? You are? Good. Good. He's enjoying your presence too, just so you know. As a matter of fact, he, he loves your presence more than you love his. Think about that for a second. <laughs> he loves your presence more than you love his. Isn't that awesome? Anybody excited about Good Friday? Come on, guys. Look, do you guys see this? Good Friday. Jesus died on the cross, and he did it, and he said, it is finished. Come on. I'm excited about Good Friday. I'm excited about Sunday, too, Easter. Some people call it Easter. I think God calls it Resurrection Day. Amen? (laughs) I don't know if God calls it Easter in heaven. I think he calls it Resurrection Day. But I'm excited about it. Um, We're having a Good Friday service, as was said. We want to invite you here. We're going to worship Jesus. We're um, We're going to love on him as we receive his radical love for us. You, 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 just, you just can't out-love Jesus who did that right there. Amen? So we, we want to behold the cross. We want to behold why he went to the cross, what he did on the cross. I'm excited about that. Parents and kids are all welcome. We're not going to have child care, but Jesus cares about the children, right? So we're going to do it together as a family. All right, so, and then Sunday, resurrection morning, we will have children's ministry that time. But uh, I, I, how many of you guys think that Jesus loves that day, and he loves, to, he loves to see the family come together, he loves to see friends come and, and worship the Lord, or, or, or be witnessed to by what God's doing in the room, amen? I think next Sunday would be a great day for you to make sure you're in church. <laughs> and great day, if you have friends or family or somebody you want to invite, bring them. And I don't know if you, if you all know this or not, but we actually have another room over there that's an overflow room. Overflow squared. Overflow, overflow. All right? And, and uh, the reason we built that is because we believe that God wants to bring more people into this place. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I want you to have to sit in between people instead of like the movie theater where you find five rows to yourself. Like we want to actually get uncomfortable in here because there's more people than your comfort zone will allow. I, I, I've heard stories of Azusa Street and other revivals where people were so hungry for what God was doing. It was standing room only and they're like sardines in there. And, and God showed up. I, like, I want us to move past the, the, the idea of just comfort Sunday morning. Like, let's, let's squeeze in here. Let's, let's, it, let's get, it gets hot. 
and you sweat. Like, let's do it for Jesus. Let's see the kingdom come. Amen? We're, we're building an usher team so that we can file everybody in and, and create space and pour into the overflow. That's why we're called overflow, because God wants to bring bounty and bring more. Amen? So anyway, that, that's my little pitch. Bring somebody next Sunday. It'd be a good idea. By the way, happy Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday. This is the day that, that, that people remember Jesus going into Jerusalem with his disciples, riding on the colt and the donkey, and they, they laid palm leaves out, and they all worshipped him. Hosanna to the highest. Amen? The Lord, Lord, save us. Right? And, and so, and they worshipped the Lord. And I, I, I literally had a, a moment this week where I was wondering, do I do what feels like the traditional thing and give you guys a Palm Sunday message? Um, which is a great idea, but I, I had to struggle. Uh, was, let me say it was this much of a struggle. Do I craft a Palm Sunday message, or do I do what God told me to preach? <laughs> Guess which one I chose. I chose the one that God told me to preach. And I want to tell you that everything I'm preaching, um, it, it all revolves around re- resurrection and cross. Amen. So we're, we're going into that, and everything we're doing flows forth from that. And I've been doing a series um, for quite a while now called Victorious Warfare. How many of you guys know that God believes that you are victorious? And you're as victorious as you will believe you are and put yourself into the way that he does victory. Amen? And so I've done several messages. Last week, I did one called The Power of Declarations. And let me tell you that when you declare God's word... With faith, it's powerful. More than, more than you know it is. But you've got to believe it is, because the more you know it is, the more powerful it becomes. And the, the power in the neighborhood shut off in the middle, actually in about the first third of my sermon. We had to wait for a minute, and I was trying to wait to get that thing going again so that the people online will get the full message too. And, uh, well, the Lord had other plans. We lost that whole thing. <laughs> so I came back here on Wednesday, and I, I preached it. It was only me and Jesus and the angels in the room, all right? And I, I preached it to that camera. I actually lowered it so it's a little more eye level. So, and, and I gave the word because I just felt like if there are people who ever want to see us online or listen to the podcast, they need to not miss the power of declarations. If you missed it, I made it for you. Please go back and listen to it. And let the Lord stir faith up in you. Amen? And and then the week before that, I did one called Intercession, an Offensive Weapon. And and talked about uh, the power of intercession, New Covenant style. Seated in heavenly places style. It is finished style. All right? That we we don't come under the burden and become um, weighed down by by the burdens that only Jesus can carry. Amen? And that we offset it to Him, but we partner with Him. We make declarations into the earth. We pray into the earth that we're releasing the atmosphere of heaven into situations where it's lacking and needs breakthrough. It was powerful. If you didn't hear it, well, there you go. It's online. Today is my, my risk. This is my risky message. Get excited. This is my risky message. As a matter of fact, this is the one that, that people might think 
should this not be scheduled for another time of the week than Sunday morning? Well, maybe some people would believe that. <laughs> I even wondered that. <laughs> but there's no time like right now to obey God. Amen? So my sermon title is called, Dennis, you ready? Because he makes the podcast. Here's the sermon title for today. This is risky. But faith equals risk. Amen? I'm believing God's going to do something powerful. Deliverance. An act of love. Whoo. Deliverance. An act of love. Get in the devil's face. We're going to go to war. No, act of love. Whoo. Okay. Putting a spin on this thing, huh? Nope. That's how Jesus did it, actually. It's not a spin. Okay? All right. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions real quick. And, and, and you got to be honest with me. You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. But if you don't, I might rebuke you. I'm just kidding. I'm just, all right. Here, here's what, here's, I have a few questions. How many of you have ever witnessed in real life a deliverance? Where somebody's getting set free from demons. Come on. That's great. How many of you have ever been involved with performing a deliverance? Come on. All right. How many of you would like to, for God to use you in deliverance? Whoa. Maybe this isn't so risky after all. But don't worry. It's getting deeper. How many of you think that the thought of deliverance is scary? Be honest. Yep. I would expect that. That's, and that's okay. How many of you believe that deliverance is important to God? Okay, that was a lot of hands. All right. Now this next one, I, I want you guys to um, follow my instructions well, please. Every, every single person in here. I want to ask you to close, everybody close your eyes, the only eyes that will be open right now, please, it, it, is, I see some eyes, and I, I didn't call you out, it's not you, <laughs> every eye is closed except for me and my three team members on the front row here, okay, this is out of respect for one another, how many of you would say that you wonder, or even know, if, you, if there's any demonic activity in your life that maybe has been plaguing you at some level. It could be minor to massive. Raise them high, but don't look around. Okay, except for my team. Just take a look around real quick. All right, put them down. Now you can open your eyes. All right. I want to first, before I do anything else, I want to tell you that that can stop, and it can stop today. Amen. Amen. Because the devil doesn't have any right to be involved in a Christian's life who's rightly aligned with Jesus Christ. Okay? Well, I'll just say that from the beginning. Okay? Um, uh, there, there's, there's common questions I've heard people ask. I used to ask these questions, too. That, that there's different concepts of levels of demonization. There's, there's demon possession. Sorry if this, if this topic sounds wild to some people, but trust me, Jesus cares, Okay? And so if, we, if you can just stick with me a little bit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you to see where God's heart is in this. And it's not to be scary, I promise you, okay? So if you can please hang in there with me till we get to the heart of the matter, 
It's probably going to be powerful. Let me remove the word probably. It's going to be powerful. All right? I'll, I'll say it's, it'll probably be powerful for you if you're willing to receive what the Lord has to say today. All right? But, but sometimes people ask the questions, um, do I need to figure out if somebody's got a demon possession or oppression? How many of you guys have heard that? Like, we need to figure it out. Are they possessed or oppressed? All right? Some people ask a question, can a Christian be demon-possessed? All right, those are great theological questions, but I want to just say this uh, so you can know where I stand on it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Okay? I, I don't need to try to figure out if there's a demon inside somebody or if they're latching on the outside. I don't care. You know why? Because it doesn't matter how God's going to set somebody free. Jesus went to the cross to break chains. And it doesn't matter what the chain looks like or what position it's in. It doesn't matter. The blood of Jesus can crush all of it inside, outside, all the way through. And if we get focused on the devil, then we're missing the point. Because we don't need to look at the devil or, or any of that stuff. We need to look at Jesus and the ministry that he wants to bring to that person. Okay? Can a Christian be possessed? I don't care. I don't. You could get into slicing and dicing theology, and it doesn't matter. I can tell you for sure I've seen demonic activity in Christians' lives that doesn't belong there. I don't care if it's inside, outside. It's present, and it needs to go. Okay? And, and also, like, I need you to understand that, that it's, the, it's, it's actually what matters in the situation is not the demon. It's God's love for that person. Okay? And it's the same love that'll set the captives free. It doesn't matter how you try to slice and dice and discern and call it or whatever. It doesn't matter. We can be simple about the matter. Love. Love. Okay? Jesus came to set the captives free. Hallelujah. And, and by the way, there's a lot more Christians than, than maybe we know who are providing most likely ignorantly providing access to spiritual influences in their lives because they're not living a, a fully yielded life to Jesus in the kingdom lifestyle, okay? We're going to get into some of that later, hopefully. But I want to read Mark 16, um, 15 through 18. I'll, I'll read just a few of that, of that. But this is when Jesus, he'd already resurrected. He's about to ascend but he's having his commissioning moment with his, with his 12 disciples and whoever else may have been present. And he says this to them. He says, these signs will follow those who believe. Okay? In my name, the very first thing he says, in my name, they will cast out demons. Okay? These signs will follow the pastors of the church. They will minister deliverance. Oh, no, nah, I think he said something a little different than that. He said these signs will follow those who believe. Amen? Am I, how, how many of you guys are believers in this room? We see your hands. Guess what? He's actually telling you this. Okay? This is, so if, if this topic makes you squirm and you call yourself a Christian, you probably need to repent of something because maybe you're not fully aligned with the will of God for your life because he actually... He, he didn't rapture you when you got saved just to get you into heaven. 
He left you on an earth that's plagued with destruction and chains and prisons that he put you here and left you here to be an ambassador of his kingdom and set the captives free in the name of Jesus Christ. Okay? Now, but, but here's where people probably get a little wigged out with this is they, they think that we need to all of a sudden become these demon-chasing wizard Jesus anointed, like we're, we're looking for demons and we're casting them out. No, he didn't say these signs will follow those who are always looking for demons so they can make a scene of it, have a spiritual WWF match, all right? He didn't say that, okay? All right, when Seth starts getting confused about what I just said, I need to rethink it. <laughs> I, I, wanna, I just want to say this, with the upcoming harvest of souls that we're all believing is, is being prepared and about to bust forth, okay? And you look at this world around us that looks a lot more dark just in the last two years than it did even before that, and it was dark before that, okay? We need to understand that, like, like you guys come in here and these sermons I'm doing, I'm not just trying to give you guys good stories and good uh, theology, nice teachings. I'm actually trying to train and equip people to be ready for something that's about to break forth, and you need to be a part of it. You understand? Like you, God actually, He's put you here, and, and He's raising up an army of people who are equipped. And I'm trying to be as diligent as I can to give you the best I'm able to. But but we need to we need to understand like God needs us to be on the top of our game in our relationship with Him and keeping our lives aligned with his kingdom because he's about to depend on us in ways that we've never known before. There's an upcoming harvest coming, and there's going to be people out in the world that have been getting, they're, they're getting um, trained in demonic belief systems that probably has invited things into their lives that Jesus is going to need to set free. Who's he going to use? I don't have the time to have a whole bunch of one-on-ones, I'll tell you that. This, need, this needs to be a, a kingdom collective effort here, okay? There, there's going to be a lot more deliverance ahead of us, a lot more inner healing, and, and the Lord wants to break chains out of people's lives. These signs will follow those who believe. All right? In, in the past, before I started learning better approaches to kingdom lifestyle. I used to, I, I actually had a, a pretty lengthy season in my earlier walk with the Lord where I was very focused on spiritual warfare. I've told you guys this recently, and, and I was very focused on it, and I was going after that stuff. And I remember at my church, we, we used to have church in an in a old drugstore back in that day. I was in high school, I think, at this time. And there was a guy who started manifesting demons during worship. And so some of, the, some of the warrior men of God went and grabbed them and took them to a back room and started doing deliverance on this guy. And of course I went. I was like Joshua with Moses. I'm like, anything that's going on, I've got to be there. And so I went back there. And, and this guy's like, he's convulsing. And he's, he looks like the meanest person I've ever met. And, and somebody... Somebody thought that it'd be a good idea to ask the demon what his name is. He went, L U C I 
F. And then he looked at me in the eyes, E R. <laughs> like you could feel that. You could just you could feel the evil in the room. It's crazy. I, they they got him delivered eventually. And I remember one time, maybe a little later than that, there was a, a time when worship was happening, God's presence was manifesting, and a woman started manifesting a demon, and she was in the front, in front of everybody in the whole church. And she starts, like, contorting, and she, she's bent backwards in an impossible way, where it was her knees were holding her up, and she's, like, straight back. Wow. Um, like, almost levitating, but not quite. And, they, and the leaders took her to another room. I wanted to go there, but they told me no. <laughs> Probably for my good. But, but, and they got her delivered. I remember one time, I, I used to be a youth pastor in that church, and, and there was this guy that was, uh, he's on fire for Jesus, but he was kind of early in that, in that journey, and the Lord started hitting some things inside of him. And I remember being at his house, and he started manifesting a demon, and I, I cast the demons out of him. It was powerful. Did that twice with the dude. Okay? So I, I just, I was, I was growing in my awareness, in my authority, and, and just in the, the part of the commission that says we're going to cast demons out, right? And so I was growing in that. And it, it, takes, it takes courage and boldness. Uh, and a real zeal to, to do the things that the Lord's called us to. I remember even this one time I was leaving a restaurant, and I, I, was, I was just trying to be aware of my spirit man and the anointing on me. I walked out of the room, and I saw a guy get out of a truck, and a lady was still sitting in there in the passenger seat, and he got out, and she was just sitting there like that, but I was, I was just walking in the spirit, and all of a sudden she looked at me like this, and she manifested a demon at me. I was like, the Holy Spirit said that... that they see you in the spirit. Amen? They do. When we lived in Hawaii back in 2007 to 2009, we moved to Bethel, Reading, 2009. And there, there was a ministry there that was a deliverance ministry. And Jessica and I got to be invited to sit in on some of the sessions with it. Because at that time, I was really trying to grow in this thing. And uh, the guy who's leading it. The, the practice that he did was, was a unique one, but he would, actually, uh, he would actually like talk to the devil and ask questions to try to diagnose the entry points that that thing had. And in and, and, and talking to that, getting insights on how do, I, how, how do we minister to that place. And it went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And he's, he's having conversations with that. And I'm, like, I, I, at that time, I thought maybe I'm learning something here. Till the Lord started unlearning me. Hallelujah. Some people are into this thing called deconstruction, and some of that's pretty not good, but sometimes you've got to get deconstructed of beliefs that you used to have. And so he and that, it started deconstructing that stuff around the time I started learning more about Bethel and revival ministry and stuff. And, and the Lord was, was shifting my approaches to these things. I started learning that, that it's more powerful to be Jesus-focused than devil-focused. Let me say that again. It's more powerful to be Jesus-focused then devil focused, all right? <laughs> I, I used to go looking around to try to pick a fight on the devil, and then I, I got to the place where I'm at now where I, instead I'm looking to bring the kingdom 
And then if anything gets in the way, we'll crush it and keep moving forward with our assignment. Amen? And during that time I was learning these things, there's a, there's a guy, a teenager at that church in Hawaii, and, and he started opening up to me about how he thinks he might be demonized, and he, he confessed to me that he started dabbling with a, a thing called Kabbalah, which I think that was what it was, yeah, Kabbalah, um, and, which is a, a form of witchcraft, it's a type of magic and stuff, and he, he thought it was awesome, but he wanted to get delivered and so Jessica and I scheduled a time to meet with them privately. And the, the Lord had been training me on some stuff at that point, shifting my approach. And so we, we in, instead of focusing on the devil, we actually invited God's presence to come and, and encounter this guy. All right? And we felt God's presence come into the room. And then we, we just prayed for him for God to open his eyes so he could see Jesus. And he saw Jesus in the room. When you see Jesus in the room, things are about to change. Amen? And so we had him confess his sins to the Lord and repent of the Kabbalah. And he gave it to the Lord and repented of it. Okay? And then Jesus came and encountered him and, and lavished God's love on him, and he got set free from demons. Hallelujah. No, give God a praise. That's like, come on. We, we gave this much attention to the devil and this much attention to God's presence and love, and he got free. Unfortunately, he didn't steward his life well, went back to the Kabbalah, and got demon-possessed all over again. That's a bummer. After we moved to Bethel in 2009, um, I was getting ready to start BSSM in September. And in, in, in August, I had a dream that, that the Lord used to show me God's heart and approach to these things. And I'm going to read it to you. This was, in, this was in August of 2009. Here's the dream. I got a new job that I had no clue what my hours were or pay or duties. The boss walked out of the room, but her friend, who, who was there with her, seemed to be lagging around. I noticed she was, she was shaking strangely while looking at me. I detected that was a demonic manifestation. I moved in close to her and looked at her face to face. Face to face, all right? And I started saying to her, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus speaking it into her spirit. While I was saying it, the more I said it, the more I noticed that my spirit was being moved with compassion for the woman. And I felt the anointing and the authority increasing every time I'd say Jesus into her spirit. Jesus. Jesus. Looking into her eyes, all right? I was now speaking deep into her soul. She wouldn't look me in the eyes. Demons don't like to look in Jesus' eyes, by the way. But started squirming right and left really hard. I commanded her two different times to look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. And she did for a few seconds, but then she looked away. Her eyes were black, like the whole thing was black in the middle. No, no iris. Thank you. Her eyes were black in the middle. I, I knew why I was in this workplace now. So weird, 
my notes are completely disappeared. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm not coming under that. <laughs> Jesus, you're bigger than these things. All right. See if I can find it on my phone here. All right. What? Okay. I, I knew I was in this workplace now. I kept speaking God's love on her, and she was manifesting more and more. By now, we were by a window, and she was leaning on the sill. I was up close to her, speaking into her face. And I was saying this, looking her in the face, all right? I said, yeah, our daddy in heaven loves you so much, doesn't he? Just like a, like a father to a little daughter, right? Our daddy in heaven loves you so much, doesn't he? Just real softly and compassionate. I could tell she was getting a download of love even behind all this demonic manifestation. She started calming down for a bit when she felt it. I could discern the spirit, what the spirit was doing, even though it wasn't evident outwardly. Okay, a lot of times when people are dealing with demonic stuff, they're so focused on how the action's happening or what's going on outwardly and, and focusing on the demon, but the Holy Spirit is actually looking right past that, almost didn't even care, looking at the heart underneath that outer shell, okay? So I looked on the windowsill, and there were two beautiful eyeballs with pretty blue and green in them. They looked like jewels. I told her God is making her eyes pretty and bright again. Hmm. When she looked at me, her dark eyes were gone. Now she had beautiful eyes. I remember while I was doing this warfare that it wasn't out of trying hard to fight against a demon or trying to be strong. It was full of compassion for this woman's soul. It was about her, not the demon. Let me say that one more time. It was about her and not the demon. That's key. This is in contrast to how, I, how it used to be for me. I used to be more focused on the demon than on the person's soul that God was trying to reach with love. And the thought came to me, um, I started realizing how I, sometimes I'd be intimidated when I needed to minister to people, but I realized if I could start ministering from compassion to a person's heart, that that's easy. And that's where God shows up. Amen? It was pretty powerful. A few things I learned from that dream is that God will put us in environments where he wants to heal brokenhearted people and set the captives free. He's pretty good at putting us where people need us. Okay? The name of Jesus is powerful. I was declaring the name of Jesus to her, right? Compassion is the power we minister from. Listen to this one. Eye contact is powerful. Eye contact is powerful. The eyes are the windows to the soul. Okay? And in Matthew 6, Jesus said that you're the, you're, you're the lamp. Sorry, your eyes are the lamp of your body. Right? You can look into a person's soul, and they can look into you and see Jesus shining right through you. 
Come on. Another thing I learned was the power of love. Okay? The demons hate it when God manifests love on people because they lose control. <laughs> All right? But that's what the person needs. Again, it's, it's about the person, not the demon. People get so fixated on the demon. God's not impressed. God's not impressed. He's not impressed with how powerful somebody manifests or that you are able to even deliver them. He's not impressed. What he's impressed with is did you love the person's heart? Did they experience God's love? Okay? I also learned that there's more going on in the person's soul and spirit than you can see outwardly. So you need to be able to discern past the outward and see what's in there. Stop looking at outward manifestation. Love them past the demon. Okay? The, the demon wants your attention. If the demon can get your attention, then you're not focusing on Jesus and the love of God being manifested. All right? And then the eyeballs piece that God is, this is so important, that eyeballs thing. So important that God was actually changing this woman's perspective, her outlook, her self-view of her, of her. She, the Lord was, was shifting her perspective, her belief system, her self-worth. Okay? Isn't that powerful? And, and then finally, in that dream, encountering God's love and truth brings freedom. Now I want you to notice that in that dream, the, the effort that I put forth towards this had nothing to do with wrestling a demon out of her. It had to do with loving her heart well and releasing God's father love to somebody who didn't understand it. You guys doing all right? A guy named Cal Pierce oversees the, the healing rooms ministry that's worldwide. Not the Bethel one, but out of Spokane, Washington. Okay? I saw him post this the other day. He said, deliverance is not so much as getting something out as it is in getting someone in. And then he said, let God arrive and his enemies will scatter. I think he misworded one because the Bible says, let God arise. But he said, let God arrive. It's still true. Let God arrive and his enemies will scatter. You get Jesus in the room with a demon and guess how long that thing's staying there. So we're not so, it's not so focused on the devil and binding and rebuking, okay? Because that's getting your eyes off the main, right? We, we focus on the solutions, not the problems. And it doesn't mean we don't speak to it, but we don't stay there. We speak to it to get out of the way so we can focus on the main. Amen? It's about getting God in that person. I, I've heard of, of people getting set free from demonic bondages by people hugging them. I, I have a friend who told me that he's seen multiple men who were homosexuals, and he loved them and gave them a long, tight bear hug. Because these particular ones didn't have an experience with a, with a father's love that was healthy. 
And so he, as a father, he stood in for a father, gave bear hug and held them way past what was comfortable. And he said he could feel the shackles falling off of them and their lives changed. And they gave that, they gave that lifestyle up. Not by getting on the floor wrestling and yelling, loving well. Come on. I, I remember times when we've gone to Japan, and Japan, um, it, it's, it's rare to see a family that has a tight, loving, nurturing experience, especially with father and children, because in that culture, the father is usually working 70 hours a week, and then and then having meetings outside of that, and they're home like this much out of the week. And so, so the, the children usually grow up without a, a nurturing, loving experience that's cultivated in the home, especially with dad. Okay, it's a, it's a real sad thing. But there have been times where I have hugged men. They don't hug over there, except for people who have broken past that. Hugging them, and, and after a while you start seeing them break I remember even hugging this one guy, and, and it was so, he was stiff as a board, didn't even know how to receive it or, or, or give it back at all. But af- after I did it for a while, I thought, well, I'm going to probably let, let him go now because he's probably done with this. And then he, push, he pushed himself back into me and wanted more. But after a while of us lavishing him with love, you could see shackles falling off of him. And he rededicated his life to the Lord and to that church and be, so that he could become a son of the house again. It's awesome. But what's, what's the point? What's the point? That love is the most powerful weapon that delivers people. Amen? 1 Peter 4.8 says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. Come on. It doesn't say love will judge the sins out of a person. It says love will cover. It doesn't, and it doesn't mean love is going to conceal the sins and act like they don't exist and we'll just pretend like it's not there. It doesn't say that either. It says it'll cover. People, a lot of people don't understand what the love covering is. Hmm. The covering of love. Wow. Where, where love doesn't stand there and judge the sins, it loves despite the sins. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Whoa. Perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. God, when, when God's perfect he only knows how to love perfectly by the way that if there's any imperfection it's in our ability to actually receive it rightly okay because it only comes perfectly but when, when love comes when God's love shows up it, it, it comes and it crowds out the spaces that other things occupied and it casts it out love shows up it displaces the environment that was hosting something else I think that's a good word. <laughs> Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Everybody say, I'm more than a conqueror. 
through Him who loved us. Now just think about that. It's actually through Jesus and His love that gives you the power to conquer. You're not going to conquer by trying hard to defeat something. You're not going to conquer by looking at the problem and saying, I'm going to overcome you. No. No, no, it actually says in Colossians 3, set your mind on things above and not the things of this earth. You know, that thing that you're trying to overcome. Like you can try to struggle against that thing and overcome it with self-willpower as much as you want. You will never overcome it. However, it's easy. It's easy. When you, when you set your eyes on the Lord and you're seated in heavenly places in Christ, and you got your eyes off that, now all of a sudden you're getting your eyes off the, off the problem, onto the solution, and now I can receive His extravagant, lavish, overwhelming love. And His love comes and it displaces things that once occupied space, and He empowers me to conquer those things that I couldn't get over with my own willpower. Say it again. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Come on. And it goes on, it says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities or powers even, nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Whoa. So you're telling me that even if a person is plagued with demonic powers, that even that thing cannot keep God's love separated from coming all over me and giving me the power to conquer that thing. Come on. It's not going to be by your works or your willpower that you get breakthrough. It's by the love of God. And you letting him come and smother you with his father ooey gooey goodness. <laughs> Everybody say this God loves me, God loves me. More, than I can ever love him. more than I can ever love him. Okay? So we need to, we need to get God's love in us. To experience freedom and breakthrough and overcoming power. Okay? And when we're ministering to other people who, uh, who need breakthrough, guess what the key is? It's not getting all the, all the divine, um, the, the blueprints of how that demon had access to that person's life. No. Don't waste your time. You can get all the strategies and insights you want and still leave that person demon-possessed. Or you can lavish them with God's love and power and let, a, let an encounter come to them and He'll set the captives free. Amen? Most of the deliverance I've seen, it, it, it wasn't... Uh, mo I'm not saying that there haven't been some where demons manifested and wild happens. Like, yes, that probably is going to happen. It even happened with Jesus some. But most of the deliverances and freedoms I've seen come to people came more through encounter with God came more through the mindsets shifting into truth because you will know the truth and the truth will make you free 
and, and repenting of sins. Because those sins are, are giving footholds to things that you don't want. Repentance and forgiveness. People are forgiving people who they've been holding a grudge against. That actually invites demonic presence into people's lives, whether you want it to or not. So, so we can encounter the Lord, we can shift our mindsets, we can repent, and we, we can forgive, and you're all of a sudden giving God a clean slate to work with, and He can come and bring His full presence and power in your life. Hallelujah. I have a lot of things I can say, and I say that every single week. There, there's some examples in the Bible about Jesus' approach to deliverance because he saw demons come out of people on a regular basis. But I want to tell you that I, I'm going to read you a few things real fast. I'm going to do the best I can to bust through some stuff with a short time. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 Verse 21, I'm, I'm not actually going to read that thing, but Jesus was preaching in the synagogue, and people are amazed that he, he preaches with authority. And, of course, when you're preaching with authority, sometimes demons manifest. And they, and they shouted out, Let us alone, for what have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Just interrupting everything that Jesus was trying to do. That did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And what did Jesus do? Did he... Did he start a, a WWF match? Or, or did, he, did he go into a, a big demonstration of deliverance for everybody? Nope. He said, be quiet and come out of him. One sentence. Be quiet. Why? He doesn't want the devil drawing attention to himself. Okay. So if, the, if Jesus doesn't want the devil drawing attention to himself, we probably shouldn't be giving the devil much attention either. All right? When Jesus was, was led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, Jesus had three things to say to the devil. He didn't go into big dialogues and discourses. He, he spoke a scripture. He declared the Word of God. And then he kept his focus on what he was believing that he's the beloved son of God. All right? And then the final thing he said was, away with me, devil. Not a lot of dialogue going on. Okay? There are times, there's, in Matthew 8, it says, that, <clears throat> it says, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. A couple of things to take note on that. First, he uses words to crush the devil. Because words are powerful when you believe what you're saying. All right? That's one thing to look at. Another thing is it said he cast the, demon, the spirits out with a word, not with a long dialogue, not with conversation or paragraphs or novels. A word. And that could mean one single word, or it could mean one single statement. But I can tell you for sure, it's not anything more than that. Because he didn't want the devil distracting people to look at him or the problem when he's there bringing kingdom. And he wants everybody focusing on what he came to bring. Amen? Yeah. 
<laughs> Are you guys doing okay? I wish I had time to preach a part two. We have Easter next week. The, some people use the story of Jesus showing up to Legion. That, 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 that's, a, that's biblical proof that we should have dialogue with demons to dissect and discern what the problems was. And I don't have time to read you that story. <clears throat> but Jesus and his disciples showed up on the other side of the lake. The man came out of the tombs. He was totally demonized. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and so the, the man runs up to him. And then I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up just so I can tell you specific verse, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's in, Ma it's in Mark 5. So the guy, the guy is coming up to him. And so Jesus, the, the guy sh shows up to Jesus after he saw him from afar. He comes and worships him. Verse 7 says, He cried out to him with a loud voice and said, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And so Jesus did speak to the demon. He said, come out of the man, unclean spirit. One sentence. Okay. One sentence. Not, not, not long dialogue. Okay. Then it goes on. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And then it goes on and it talks about the, the, the demons begging Jesus to send them into the pigs, right? And it, and it says, and he permitted them. So that's, right, right now you've got three statements that was spoken to this thing. Not dialogues, not inquisitive, not, not extracting info, <clears throat> all right? There, there's come out of him, there's what is your name, and then there's, he probably just nodded, didn't even say he said anything. Give them permission to go in the, in the pigs. Three things. All right, so people use that as an opportunity to start asking the demon questions so we can assess the situation. Now, I want to say something, and this is just my own opinion. I don't know, you know, it, it for sure on this, but I want to at least toss it out there for you to chew on. When Jesus said, what is your name? Do we know for sure that he was actually saying that to the demons? Or was he possibly actually talking to the man that he showed up to love on and set free. Because there are many times in the Bible when God asks a person, what is your name? And every time he does it, it's so he can bring them into an awareness of their identity and who they really are. And so if Jesus says, what is your name? Do you think he's trying to talk about demons so he can get in a conversation? Or do you think maybe he's actually caring for the person that's in there that needs his love to set the captives free? What is your name? And he does get the answer by the demon. We are, we are legion for we're many. <laughs> All right. And, and now that Jesus hears that thing speak, he deals with the problem quickly. All right. Not... Not making a scene of it. Well, I guess it did turn into quite the scene, actually, with those pigs. But, but, uh, but that wasn't his goal. Anyway, the point is, like, what, what if Jesus actually wasn't even having a dialogue with the demons, but he's actually trying to touch the identity of the heart of a man that he's there to love and set free? And I, I just want to say, maybe I'm wrong on that. And if, even if I am, it doesn't matter. Like it's the only example in the whole Bible where this even happens and people try to create a, a regular ministry practice out of talking to demons. 
to get information when the Bible actually tells us to not even pay attention to the things that happen in the dark. So why would we want to talk to the devil in the first place except go? All right? Are you guys okay? Okay. I always get this conflict with knowing what time it is. All right, uh, uh, and the, the reason why I want to bring up that whole story is this, that the, we can look at that as one of the most radical deliverance stories in the Bible, and we can think of it as a story of a great exorcism, but I don't think that God gives a rip about that. I think to God, it's a great story of a radical compassion for a man. Jesus is not devil-focused. He's heart-focused. Okay? Luke 4, 18-19, Jesus said, He quoted this out of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor because He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That's what He cares about. That heart that's got broke. Okay? To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus is focused on healing brokenhearted. He's, he's focused on delivering sight to the blind. Why? Because He cares about the person. Not because He wants to have a show-off ministry. Okay? So that He can set captives free. Bring in liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. Yes. Amen? Amen? And I could again go into an expounding on Matthew 12 where it talks about, they called him Beelzebub. You cast out demons by the prince of demons himself. And Jesus goes into a discourse about how you bind the strong man and then you plunder his house. He's talking about, about, about bringing deliverance to somebody, binding the strong man so you can plunder which means set that person free from the environment that he's stuck in, okay? But then right after that, he goes right into this. The, he, said, he said, you can sin against the Son of Man and you will be forgiven. But you sin against the Holy Spirit and you won't be forgiven. And people get so focused on Beelzebub and, and the binding of the strong man and the, the unforgivable sin when Jesus really is trying to focus on the forgiveness. I will forgive you. Like, why did he talk about that right after? He was talking about setting somebody free. Because he wants to bring forgiveness. And then he talks about a tree, how you, a bad tree bears bad fruit and a good tree bears good fruit. And the whole point of it is that Jesus wants to show up and he wants to bring transformation and make good trees out of bad trees. He wants to heal broken hearts and restore a person. and bring. For, he wants to minister forgiveness. He's not so focused on the demonic thing. He's focused on the heart that needs full restoration from Christ. And he even says that, that if the demon goes out, it's going to wander around in the wilderness and then it's going to return with seven more powerful. And if it finds that the house is swept clean, it's going to be worse for that person. But what he's actually talking about is that context of, for, of bringing forgiveness and restoring a person so that when they come back, that house wasn't even there anymore anyway because Jesus took it to the cross and resurrected that person with a new life. 
How are we doing right now? Cool. I'm going to have to lay in this soon. I, I need to say a few more things if you can spare me just a little bit longer. I want to tell you a testimony. I'm going to read it. It happened in, in September 2013. I went to minister at a small church in Fort Collins, Colorado. And I, I wrote this in an email, but it's in my journal now. And I just want to read this to you, what happened. And, and think of that dream I had a few years prior to this, okay? <clears throat> I wasn't sure what I thought about being here at first. But last night, God really moved. A few people got healed. Hallelujah. But the highlight of the day, and actually my entire weekend in Colorado, happened last night. A lady who had been under oppression of depression, anxiety, and anger for all her life came. It took a lot of work just to get her to confess over herself, check this out, that she is a princess and God is good towards her. I, I spent a lot of my time trying to get her to make declarations, not against the devil, but about towards her identity. I'm a princess. She couldn't say it. It's like, I can't say it. And I, I worked with her for a while. I need you to say this. Speak it over yourself. I'm a princess. The princess, she finally said it, and God's good towards me. She finally said it. It was hard, hard for her to say it. She was so full of doubt. I told her to forget about that doubt for a moment because people get so fixated on, I have too much doubt. Well, okay, you might have a lot of doubt, but do you have at least this much faith? Because if you do, let's stop focusing on the problem. Focus on the solution. you got this much faith. Let's use that. Let's put that on the wayside. By the way, I just gave you guys a, a, a key right there. Okay? Told her to forget about the doubt for a moment and trust that she has at least a little tiny bit of belief in there. In that, she finally could make those confessions. Whoa. When she got her mind off of this huge doubt she had and gave herself the, the benefit of the doubt, I got a little bit of faith. I know what I really believe about myself and my lack of faith, my doubt, but I'll, I'll, I'll think that maybe I got a little tiny seed, little mustard seed of faith. When she, when, she, when she humored me with that, she was able to declare over herself, I'm a princess. God is good towards me. Something shifted in that moment. Come on. Something shifted. When she could declare over that herself that. After this, she wanted to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Come on! As she began to get filled with the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden a very intense anger arose up within her. It wasn't hard to discern that she, was, she wasn't just demon-oppressed, she was demon-possessed, but again, who cares? Okay? We already kind of speculated this anyway. The demons manifested as she blocked out and had no idea what was going on. When she came back, she said those moments felt like she's in a mega death concert. Like in the demon spirit, like, like dark and evil and loud and it was crazy. Chaos. We were able to call her spirit forth multiple times. So when she's in that mode, come forth in the name of Jesus. And, and not the demon, her. Calling her forth, right? 
We never gave into wrestling and arguing with the devil. <laughs> Instead, I, I made her lock eyes with me as I was able to lavish her with the love of Jesus. We had her repeat confessions of faith and acceptance over herself. I'm giving you guys some serious keys right now, just so you know. The more she did, the less grip the devil had on her heart. At times, the demon would speak in a deep, gravelly voice. I finally said, listen, devil, we're not listening to you or talking to you. You don't deserve our attention. It's a waste of our time. We're only going to talk to the lady. I said her name. And after that, the devil never spoke out of her mouth again. Come on. Later, it had to resort to telling her lies from the outside instead of from the inside through her mouth, right? He's like trying to, tell, trying to convince her now to speak vulgarity to us. So it's like instead of speaking through her, it's like, I can't speak through anymore. Will you tell them this? Okay, from the outside, right? Trying to convince her to speak vulgarity to us because it no longer could do it through her. We had her verbally say, shut up, devil, in the name of Jesus. After two times of saying that, it lost its voice. Come on. Could no longer influence her. It was so powerful. She got set free. The keys were not in shouting wrestling match. They were in pure love and confessions of truth. She got so filled with the Holy Spirit, she felt like God was like she was floating in heaven. Anger left and peace filled her. Then she got up and realized the severe pain that she had in her back and her body for several years due to fibromyalgia, were completely gone. She was able to run, jump, and dance. It was amazing. And to top it off, she had been detoxing off of drugs with miserable symptoms. She felt like she wasn't detoxing anymore, but felt free from drug addiction. Come on! That's amazing! That's amazing! The title is Deliverance, an Act of Love. But I would like for us to focus less on the word deliverance, focus a lot more on an act of love. Because when love comes in, it can set the captives free. And when you can get people confessing truth over themselves in ways that they might not feel about themselves, what does God think about me? I want to speak that over me. It shifts things into place. And you let God come in and love you where that's at. And guess what? He wants to come in. Like, I, want to, I had more scriptures I wanted to read that I don't have time to. But Ephesians 4, 22 through 32, you guys should read that. It talks about putting off the old man. You know, the, the old sinful nature that died with Jesus on the cross. Put that off because it can be easy for us to try to return to those mindsets. Put it off and put Christ on. Put Christ on. And when you put Christ on, you can enter into that union with Jesus where it's Him living through you. Okay? And then it goes on and it talks about, about not... Uh, not it says get it says be angry but not with sin and then it says do not give the devil a foothold in your life anymore and then it goes on it talks about all these different sinful behaviors that people have and it basically says stop it stop it but love one another 
You should read it. The f- giving a foothold to the devil. He's actually talking to Christians. That when we harbor sin in our lives and, and we justify it or just ignore it instead of repenting of it, or, or we hold unforgiveness towards people in our hearts because they don't deserve it and I'm afraid what I'm going to have to do if I have to forgive. I don't know what my life can be like if I let that one go. It's holding you back. Those things are footholds. It gives access. It's crevices that the devil has legal access to your life because it's not submitted to the blood of Jesus and under the canopy of Christ that you're in. When we have parts of our lives that are outside of God's grace covering, it becomes footholds that the enemy can come in and have legal authority. And it brings bondage, it brings chains, it can shackle us, put us in prisons. But guess what? Getting free is not hard. It's, a, it's as hard as you will believe it is. It's as easy as you will believe it is. If you do it God's way, which is, which is allowing... It's confessing whatever needs to be confessed, releasing it to Him so you're not holding on to something that God needs that space for Himself because He can't coexist with darkness. Okay? Releasing those things to the Lord, letting His grace and His blood and His love come and fill us. And it takes humility. It takes being able to own it and acknowledge it and release it to the Lord. Lord, I confess this to You. I release it to You. Lord, I've been holding this thing towards someone else. i got to forgive. i got to let it go. i got to choose to love that person even though they wounded me. And guess what? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. We release these things to Him and we allow Him to come and love on us and encounter us. Guess what? He's going to heal. He's going to set the captives free. You're going to need to be able to declare over yourself who God believes that you are. Shift happens. <laughs> Amen? The, the, the disciples came back from being sent out in the twos, and they're all celebrating God. Or Jesus, we, we commanded demons and they obeyed us and they're all, they're all celebrating it. It's awesome. They're seeing it happen. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. When you use my authority, you thought that you were just able to drive demons out, but you actually have the authority of heaven backing you up that I sent him and all his demons to the earth. To never return again. That's authority. And that's what's backing you up. It's bigger than you know. But then Jesus said, but don't rejoice in that. But rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, I don't think he said Lamb's book in that 
Yeah, Re rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In other words, stop focusing on the problem stuff and start focusing on what really matters. You're in the kingdom and you're bringing the kingdom. You're, you're, in, you're, you're my father's children and he loves you. Rejoice in that. I'm not impressed with all the other stuff. All right? I'm impressed with you being a, an amazing son and daughter. Let's rejoice in the family instead of what the demons stuff is. Come on. It's the priorities of heaven. All right, he gets rid of the devil, but it's not so he can just get rid of the devil. It's so he can set every single of those people free and bring them and make their names in heaven too. It's bringing his family and setting them free and making wholeness. Hallelujah. I want you guys to stand. I'm going to do something for just a few moments here. And by the way, if you need to get going, please feel free to. I know that parents are going to have to get their kids here in a moment. But I, I want to I do something for a moment. And you can, you can linger on this if you are able and want to. And if you've got to get going like, or you don't want to stay in here, you can take conversations out there and fellowship. And that's great. But for in here, I want to I take a little, just a few minutes. And you guys are going to be able to choose to leave when you need to. But I, I want you guys to take a moment. And I want you to look at the cross. And you can even look at this if that helps you. I want you to look at the cross. Look at Jesus on the cross. And I, I want you to understand something about this message. It's, it's not so much really about deliverance. It's a lot more about God's radical love and, and helping people get free from anything that's inhibiting their ability to be fully lavished by His love. I want you to focus on Jesus on the cross who said it is finished and He died to give you the kingdom of God. He died to give you the lavishness of His love and the Father's love. That Jesus came to heal broken hearts. came to set the captives free. There's a few people in here earlier who raised your hands with everybody's eyes closed that you, that you think maybe there's been demonic strongholds or whatever in your life. And that can change today. <laughs> it can change today. And if you guys can give God, if you, can, if you can surrender the clock to the Lord if you need this, I would do that if I was you. I want you to ask the Lord if there's anything in your life, in your heart, in your beliefs, in your relationships that needs to be surrendered to the Lord at the foot of the cross. Ask Him to show you. <clears throat> and if He shows you something right now, 
Not tomorrow. Right now. Not this evening. When you might get distracted and forget. Right now. Time to repent. You don't have to come up here and do it in front of the church. But I want you to do it in front of the cross. Repent. Whatever it is. If it's a sin or multiple sins, give it to the Lord. If it's judgments, release it to the Lord. If it's unforgiveness, release it to the Lord. Now, there may, there may be obedience responses the Lord will give you after now. That's between you and Him. But right now, you want to you tell the Lord, I know this is here. I own it. But I'm giving it to you and I'm releasing it. Please forgive me of this. Ask Him to forgive you. Repent, release it to Jesus. And ask the Lord to come and love on you right now. Ask Him to love on you right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come and fill each person with the love of the Father. Tangible, radical love. Unconditional love. You've got to open yourself. Okay? Open yourself. You, you are the gatekeeper to your heart, not God. He, he's not going to decide this for you. He's already decided what he'll do for you, but you decide. You decide if you open this or not. If you're thinking about the clock, then you're not thinking about what Jesus is doing. If you're thinking about people around you, you're not thinking about what Jesus is doing. If you're thinking about justifying it, <laughs> you're holding yourself back. Now, I'm not saying everybody's got something, and I'm not going to try to fish for that. I just want to make sure that we're clear before the Lord. Because if you're clear before the Lord, you can receive His goodness for you. I want you guys to declare something over yourself. I am lovable. Papa loves me. I receive that love. God, let it, let it pour into my heart right now. I'm going to have Seth come and pray over you guys for a moment. I feel like Papa's breaking off hopelessness. 
feel like places where we've had so much warfare going on, it's become hopeless. If that feels like you, just raise your hand. If you feel like you've been fighting something and it's felt hopeless. Yeah. So right now, in Jesus' name, we just breathe the breath of life, of hope, onto every situation. Because there is no hopeless situation. He died for every single one of them. So in Jesus' name, we just break it right now. We take back the ground with the authority of Jesus that he's given to us right now. <laughs> I feel the breath of joy coming over us. <laughs> Did you know you could laugh yourself free? <laughs> so Lord, I just speak joy into every heart right now that everything would make us feel tired or weary or worn out, we break it in Jesus' name and we speak joy to release a strength like never before. A joy that would wake us up in the mind and the heart and the soul. It would push us forward. It would launch us into our next step, our next moment with you. <laughs> I feel like mindsets are changing right now. Hearts are unlocking. take a big breath in and let it out and as you breathe back in I just want you to feel his presence filling you feel his spirit coming in at the close to the end of worship I I know God was moving in this place and I, I actually saw in the spirit um, a whirl, a couple of whirlwinds just start spinning and moving around in the room, and the Lord, it was, the Lord was setting people free. The whirlwinds, it was the wind of the Lord and angelic, and, and just setting captivity free around the room. Hallelujah. <clears throat> we're gonna dismiss. I, I want you guys to be free to go, but we're, but if you guys want to continue staying in what God's doing right now. We're gonna we're gonna give you the freedom to do that. If if any of these guys up here are feeling something to to declare over you during this time, they can do that as well. But they're also gonna be up here to pray for people. But if you want to linger, please do, because God's doing stuff. Amen. And if you need to go get your kids or you want to visit, you guys can go out there. We bless you guys.